California, a new land has come into being. Its purpose is enlightenment. Its product is Coast Boys Pod. Known as the playground of the stars. Thursday for Friday edition of Best Coast Boys. Welcome. I am your host, Landon McCool. You can catch me here on the Best Coast Boys podcast uh, and on Twitter at McCoolBCB and always on the Locked On Cowboys podcast with Marcus Mosier. And I am joined per normal with my co-host, John. Joning, what's the word, good man? Tell the people How's what's up. How's it going, everybody? Follow me on Twitter at John Owning, J-O-H-N-O-W-N-I-N-G. Check out my articles at thescore.com and at the Dallas Morning News. Yeah, let's get into it, Lando. Yeah, we've got uh, a lot of good um, stuff to talk about. Uh, we're going to get the second part of our coaches tape re- review um, uh, with the defense this week. Um, so a little bit <laughs> a little bit better than uh, – uh, than yeah. yesterday's episode, at least a slightly yeah. happier. Uh, of course, we're going to get into our Nabra of the week. Uh, shout out to Tyler Pagan for the names, discussing how or why a particular uh, Dallas player player made you shake your head and, of course, say hashtag Nabra. Don't 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 do that. I don't want to see that. I don't I don't want that's not for <laughs> me. You know, like. Um, and then uh, we finish up as we always do with the uh, Ratchet matchup of the week, and of course. The fan favorite Gucci game, 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 Gucci game of the week. So that'll all be good stuff. So let's get into it, yes, shall sir. we? Okay. Um, first, let's check in with injuries. Uh, so what we have up through Thursday's injury report, um, I, even though you may be hearing this on Friday, uh, those usually come out late, so you probably won't even know yet. But as of right now, um, the, the guys that I guess I'm keeping my eye on, it looks like Malik Collins is working his way into not playing unless he manages to get some reps in Friday. But, I you know, Friday would probably be, I think, the drop-dead day for that guy. I mean, he does have some experience, if I remember correctly, of playing without practicing just because of some of the injury stuff he's had in the, ha- had in the past. I mean, he's had a lot of on-and-off injuries, but at the same time, I, I, last week was his first game to miss. So... If I remember correctly, he has some history in not practicing a lot and then playing. So we'll see what Friday holds for Collins, but th- not great for him. Travis Frederick still no change there. Sean Lee has been out of practice all week with the hamstring tightness. Yeah. Um, I-, I would go ahead and probably rule him. I'd say yeah, he's probably I would, out. I, would agree. I, I, can't, I, I can't imagine that he's going to make it back this week. So um, then the other people that kind of had cropped up, uh, they, they put Demarcus Lawrence on this list with a shoulder, he, but he's been full participant both uh, Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, same thing with Xavier Woods and his hamstring. They just, they put him on the list, but he's still um, uh, full participant. And that's, that's, uh, I'm assuming this hamstring that he had previously yeah. that they're just kind of still listing on the list. Um, Antoine Woods uh, has been a limited participant the last two weeks, uh, last two ga- last two mm-hmm. days of practice with the groin injury. Um, Fish had to I've, worry about him a little bit. Yeah, and I was, and the same goes for Cole Beasley. That those are the two guys we kind of need to keep our eye on that may 
you know, fr- I think Friday will give us a lot better uh, idea of whether or not they play, but that's definitely something to keep in mind. Uh, on the other side of the ball, or the other team, rather, uh, with the Lions, it looks like Ezekiel Ansah might be out again yeah. this week. Uh, he has shoulder clearly is not all the way healed up. He's been uh, DNP for the last two days. So uh, that would be obviously be a big boost for the Cowboys. Um uh, along those lines, Andrew Donnell, who is uh, I'm pretty sure one of their swing backup guys, if I'm so. not mistaken, uh, offensive lineman. Um, he was a limited participant, but he fully participated on Thursday, so I think he'll be available. T.J. Lang was limited uh, both Wednesday and Thursday with the back. I don't know his situation specifically, but T.J. Lang also, to me, qualifies as one of those veterans who, yeah, he'll probably you play. know, probably gets rest days and probably has constantly has a bad back. So, uh, you know. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he plays. Um, Michael Roberts uh, has a knee. He doesn't look like he, the tight end, right? I, they don't have these listed, but I'm pretty sure he's a, he's one of their, if not their first or second tight end. Um, he's a DNP. Uh, and then Frank Ragnow got added to the, the list on Thursday as a limited participant with a knee. So that might be something that, what, popped up in his uh, timeline? Yeah. Um, I mean, uh, popped, up, popped up during practice? I mean, I don't know, like – uh, I, I kind of don't know the timeline of I I guess what would happen there, but yeah, I, I would too. I'm sure they're just kind of reporting as they needed. So that's where we are uh, health wise, uh, you know, not terrible, I guess at this point, um, hopefully Cole Beasley um, can make his way back. And uh, you know, I feel like Antoine Woods, he's young. Mm-hmm. He'll, he'll probably play. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, Let's hope he's been good against the, the run, but I don't know if the yeah, we really, really run the ball. So he might not be net- needed this week. <laughs> Well, you know, the dam burst. You know, they, they finally got their 100-yard yeah, rusher last finally. week to, thanks to a war, war eagle, Auburn Tiger. Um, but, I, but I think that, you know, I don't know if that necessarily means that they're going to start, yeah. lo- you know, rolling off a whole <laughs> bunch of 100-yard games. The first so we'll of see. many. I, I definitely – yeah, I, I definitely would love to get Malik Collins back as well. If, if he could find his way back to practice on Friday, that would be fantastic. But, you know, I'm not exactly holding my breath at this point. So um, let's get into this coach's tape. Um, like I said, we're going to get into the defense. Uh, any, well, anything that you want to comment on about the injuries or any, anything you wanted to add on any no, of those I think guys? we covered it. Okay. Um, so going into the coach's tape review um, on the defense, uh, let's you know we'll, we'll start up front like we always do and move our way back. Um, I, I wanted to talk about up front just something I had noticed um, that I felt like. Uh, I wonder if you if you know I mean I'm sure you noticed it but I wonder if you felt like if you I wonder I wonder what your thoughts were because we haven't you and I have actually not discussed this um, previous to the podcast or anything um, I, I noticed a lot of the kind of not unusual but for the team but unusual because we haven't really seen them much this season uh, kind of defensive line deployments a lot more of the kind of three man front that we had seen you know previous in previous seasons and I think we may have seen a couple times against the Giants. I'm up, I don't remember for sure, but definitely not at the extent that we were seeing it uh versus uh uh my brain just fell out of my head. Seattle, sorry. Um and then we saw a little bit of something new with D-Law playing a three tech on some of these key third downs. Um and and I you know, I get the idea. I, I mean to me my thought process there was that or I I'm thinking their thought process there was, you know, we have to contain Russell Wilson, we want to keep him in the pocket. Having a three-man defensive line and blitzing linebackers gives you kind of better athletes to chase him around a little bit and also you can plug him in the A gap. And then with D-Law, the idea I think being if you can beat him, people quick inside, 
he's not David Irving, but like David Irving, he's a long armed defender who's athletic. So it's it's it, when he's coming at Russell Wilson from the middle of the pocket, it's a lot more difficult for Russell Wilson to escape. Yeah. You know, having said all. <laughs> Do you feel like it was a mistake to use this stuff when it felt like that Seattle offensive line was probably naturally at a disadvantage, a talent disadvantage, and that maybe like they outthought themselves a little bit there? Yeah, but I kind of the thing is it obviously in uh, execution didn't work as well as they wanted to, but sure. Because hindsight being twenty two, we can go back and say that it was a mistake. But going into the game, I thought it would be something that would be smart. To be honest, is to try to get your best defensive lineman, which is Demarcus Lawrence, mismatched against their worst defensive lineman, which is their interior offensive line. And I personally thought that would be a smart thing to do, and it could lead to more pressures. But what we saw is that Demarcus Lawrence was having a little bit of trouble with his hand timing on the inside. You know, there's a kind of a, when you're on the edge, there's kind of a cadence with your feet and your hands, you get into a rhythm. And then when he was reduced inside, it kind of got messed up and you saw he was late with his hands. He got, he was um, giving too much chest so that the offensive lineman could latch onto him. And then when they were latched on, Demarcus Lawrence couldn't disengage quick enough to pressure. But it was some, but that's playing hindsight as 22, you know, going in, I thought it would have worked fine, but it just didn't work, you know. For whatever reason, Lawrence's timing was really off there. He couldn't get the pressure he wanted. He was actually a lot better when he was on the edge allowed to rush. Yeah, I, I, I think that I think that it, it execution was definitely part of it. Going back and looking, you know, he got I mean at the one point he looked like he was dancing with the guard when he was in there because they had <laughs> they're holding each other's hands. Um I I just felt like it was one of those times where um I wasn't sure if uh, they were, you know, doing something that was actually effective, like actually smart, or if this was a case where they were doing more than they probably needed to. I, 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 like I said, I obviously could easily come up with a reasoning for why they were doing it schematically. Like it makes sense. I just feel like ultimately, yeah. I mean, and you're right. You know, you know hindsight is twenty twenty, but it's at the same time, it's like. I felt like at the time, okay, we've done this once. And then the next time we saw it and it failed again, I was like, we need to just move away from this. We need to get these guys back where they were and, and line up to get them success. Cause I, I felt like, you know, I mean, again, like we, you know, one of the things that after the game we were shocked about was how little success these defensive lines seem to have against the offensive line. And at times I have to, to go back and look and see, well, you know, part of it was because they weren't getting a ton of opportunity because of some of this stuff. I mean, you know, the D lot three techniques, one thing, but the three man fronts, I, I felt like they should have given a little bit more chance to the four man fronts to rush. But uh, yeah, I see Drax. Green. Um, look, uh, moving on from that, um, let's just talk about the defensive line as, as a whole. I mean, I think disappointing is, uh, is kind of where I've, I've, I felt like we were, um, you know, I think that we talked about it before the game when we were, you know, kind of, at least I spoke about it on, on, on the locked on Cowboys podcast. And I'm sure you wrote about it as well. Um, uh, I think that the, the you know one of the bigger disappointments on this team the, the the loss on Sunday was how the defensive line played mm-hmm. as a whole. Uh, you know I think that 
Crawford really missed Malik yeah. Collins. I think uh, D-Law was up and down, and some of it, like you said, was him kind of getting inside and getting used to that. But I think even overall he was a little bit up and down. And even, you know, some of that, of course, was all the attention yeah. that he was getting. And no one was able to kind of yeah. step up on the other side. I mean, you know, R- Randy Gregory just did not yeah, play a very no. good game overall. Uh, Taco Charlton didn't play as well as he had played the previous two games, mm-hmm. I don't think. Um, you know, really, I think the only other guy that was – specifically good uh at his spot was was Antoine yeah. Woods I mean again being solid as at that spot so you know what was your assessment we, we kind of briefly talked about it but now having gone over the the coach's tape a little more what, what was your thoughts on not just how the defensive line performed against expectations but how do you think they did individually yeah you know like like you said I think you hit it nail on the head Crawford missed Malik Collins for sure you see that he wasn't as disruptive as he had been in previous weeks him and Collins have a good little tandem working when they work together they work really well on twists and stunts on the interior they said they do a good job a good job a good job of collapsing the pocket from the inside with their power and Combining that with their explosiveness off the staff, it's been good. And like I, you know, like we were saying every week, Antoine Woods is playing well against the run. You know, he's occupying blocks, he's holding his ground, he's using leverage, proper hand placement. It's really, it's really nice to see that that's an issue that the Cowboys have been struggling in in previous years, and then this year it's been a spot that they've actually been one of their better spots on their defensive line. I think for sure. I would even say for the responsibilities, I would say Antoine Woods is playing better than any of the other defensive tackles right now given what his job responsibility is, is just the stop against the run, and he's not really expected to be to uh, to contribute yeah. much as a pass rusher. To yeah. be a pass rusher, yeah. But then on the edge, I was really disappointed in Taco Charlton not being able to get more, have more success against Dwayne Brown on the edge. You know, he was, um, his hands were off, his footwork wasn't diverse enough, he was kind of getting in a one-track mind, he was rushing to contact too much, rushing full man too much. I wanted to see him try to work the edge a little bit, you know, use his speed a little bit more often, but he was trying to work that long arm stab game a little bit too much. And I think he got in too much into a one track mind to keep uh, Russell Wilson in the pocket so much. He was trying to condense that by not let give uh, Russell Wilson that outlet to step up in the pocket if he over rushed the apex of Wilson's drop. But I think he got that too much into his mind and he was getting in. You know, it was too easy for Dwayne Brown to get a beat on what he was doing because Taco was so worried about Wilson beating him with his feet. Yeah, it's just it was again, and I think that maybe that's my overall complaint is that I think they overcompensated for Russell Wilson. Mm-hmm. You know, I think they instead of being, you know, they were o- over concerned about getting too much pressure on the outside and having him run out the front of the pocket as opposed to just focusing on actually getting the pressure that they're worried about getting. Uh, and, you know, you know, it's one thing to, like, you know, plan for success or to be able to handle success, which some people can't handle, you know, which is a thing. But it's another thing to, uh, you know, not plan for – to only plan for success and then not have any success as a, pass, as a team pass rushing. Uh, let's move back a level. Um I think to me the story with the linebackers is that the young guys played pretty well. I mean, I thought Jalen. I mean, there was definitely not. It's not a perfect game. I saw one one play specifically with Jalen where he was scraping as uh, trying to fill in a hole, and I kind of think he got held in the hole as as Carson bur- broke it outside and Jalen wasn't able to get there. It looked like the the 
tackle's hand was in there. But um, outside of that, I thought Jalen overall yeah. played pretty well. And Leighton Vander Esch really yeah, played a did. great game, I thought. He, I don't know if – I haven't talked – Yeah, talk he was one – that thing – it was interesting because after the game, you know, he had a lot of tackles, but I didn't get the sense that his instincts were firing very quickly and that he was arriving at the ball – at proper timing and that his footwork was right. But when I went to the all 22, you saw a perfect technique. He was mirroring the the running back uh, on zone plays. He was uh, defending against the cutback in open space. He was doing all the fundamental things really well. He showed good spatial awareness where he, uh, where he sidestepped the block and then made the tackle in open space. It was just really a phenomenal performance from a guy who really hasn't gotten much playing time at all. If you consider how much he missed a, preseason in training camp and then the little bit he played in the first two games 20 or so snaps I think he played it was it was just really good to see in his first extended performance him play at such a high level I was telling Marcus I love his tackling technique mm-hmm. you know like because he's so big and heavy and but he's athletic enough to get where he needs to go when he gets there he wraps his arms around you and then basically dead weights you into the ground and you can't get away and he doesn't hit high he hits you right kind of midsection but he's so long-armed and just big that once he gets his arms around you and then just kind of you know hip wrestles you into the ground reminds me of Rolando McClain yeah, I mean, just because in that same way that he's so he, – he envelops. He, looks, he legitimately <laughs> no, looks like a defensive end playing at uh, weak side linebacker. Really, Mike linebacker, which we said him about. He moves so quick. It's just yeah. nuts. Like, you know, like McClain moved really yeah. well for a guy his size. And in, that, and in that same way also looked like a defensive yeah. ta- defensive end playing uh, – Linebacker, I think McLean played with a little bit more pop, mm-hmm, definitely than for sure. uh, than late, late But I think Esch, that will come from Vanderesh. At the same, well, yeah, and I also think that that it doesn't mean that that Leighton Vanderesh's size is mm-hmm. wasted because he may not like pop guards and tackles the way Rolando McLean yeah. does, but when he gets to running backs or tight ends, like they're not getting yeah. away, you know. And it's it's interesting seeing them, you know, because we didn't really consider this as much, but I am now wondering. Now that we're seeing Lee out, is this going to be maybe the future of Jalen continuing to stay as Mike linebacker and Leighton Vander Esch as the Will linebacker? Because I think it's, I mean, allowing him to just run and hit, like that might be the best thing you're going to get out of this yeah. kid so far. I think so the thing, I, I, one more thing that I wanted to touch on that was really, yeah, really great to see was how much ground he gains when he's moving laterally, when yeah. he's sidestepping and mirroring the running back, he's gaining a lot of distance. And, you know, everybody talks about how fast you run in a straight line, you know, the 40-yard dash and that type of thing. But those three-cone, short shuttle-type movements, he's extremely quick in two, and he showed that against the Seahawks, and that's really great to see, especially from a guy who's a run-and-chase linebacker in the Cowboys' defense at will. Yeah, they can move. The combination of Jalen and Leighton are two guys who are pretty long legged, you know, so like they can get into each one of these gaps without having to run. They're just kind of generally stepping large steps to get, you know, from this gap to the other. So it gives their box range, mm-hmm. I guess, what is how I would refer to it, a lot of. Uh, extra bump than someone who needs to take a couple of short steps to get here or there, mm-hmm. you know. And they arrive ready. They arrive to their new spot 
like in football ready position I mean, instead of being go watch the 49ers you know? from the la- from the past week with Ruben Foster and Fred Warner and see how much difference it is when they arrive at the ball carrier they're looking for the kill shot in every play and they missed I think 10 combined tackles last week mm-hmm. I mean the fact that I would rather take Leighton Vanderush coming up a little bit more a little bit less aggressively but being true with his tackles and going for the kill shot and getting some hit sticks maybe he forces a fumble every now and again but he's gonna miss you know five tackles in a game sometimes I, I would rather take the guy that's a little bit less a little bit more conservative with his approach but is true with his tackles let Jalen be yeah. a hit stick guy because clear, clearly that dude oh. can do that pretty he well. has a, an uncanny um, ability to uh, to explode in short distances you know that he yeah that hitting explosion is, it's really unique. I've, yeah it's as good as i've ever seen a, a, a guy that isn't uh a rolando mcclain you know like because he's not 260 he's probably 248 to maybe 250 even with all this weight he's added he's not that extra 20 pounds yeah. rolando mcclain if you looked at the, those two together like as big as dalen smith is yeah. trust me rolando mcclain is like he another two or three inches on him 40 pounds probably 40 pounds 30 pounds on him like and and you know but anyways the fact that, that you're right that, that i haven't seen somebody be able to not be running full speed the, but be like he could be moving laterally, and if he gets to the guy, he still finds a way to generate such explosion into the ball carrier. It's 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 nuts, man. Um, let's move back at spot um, to the defensive backs. Uh, you know, before we get into any anything else, I, I mean, third week. I think the story of this defense and really the bright spot, one of the great bright spots of this team, has to be Byron oh, for Jones. Sure. Uh, he he is playing out of his mind right now. Um, you know, I I'm I have never been like I've mentioned before uh, a huge believer in, in in a lot of the PFF stats, um, especially the grade stuff. I've, I've discussed that before, but uh, you know, it, it, my eyes match what I'm seeing with he's one of the one of the highest rated uh, corners in if he's not the highest rated corner. Uh, in the NFL, yeah, he's right not now. playing bums. He lined up. He's been lining up against you know Devin Funchness, no. uh, Odell Beckham, Sterling Shepard, Cody Latimer, Tyler Lockett. These are all productive receivers in the NFL, and he's shutting them all down. And it's amazing to see. Yeah, he's clearly taken to the uh, you know the method of which uh, the the Cowboys have decided to attack uh, offenses and and the the, the slight changes in you know at least technique that's used on the, the guys on the outside. Again, I, I think it's been well documented that the Cowboys basically just you know, deciding to allow their corners to not be responsible for a lot of the inside breaking routes to be just, hey, don't get beat deep and don't get beat on, on a, on oh, a yeah. comeback. No one's beating him and, deep. If he, if and, he continues no playing the way he's right now, the way he's playing with his speed and press coverage and how accurate he is with his hands, how patient he is with his feet. And his size. And, his size, and, his oh. ju- his and how good he's playing and, at the catch point. He is playing phenomenally yeah. at the catch point. It's That's mm-hmm. the difference. I mean, the, the, I've never – we haven't had a corner – no, we have not had a corner that has been so aggressive at the, at the, at the point of catch that uh, that uh, that I mean, it's so and this is a lot of what we saw of Aluzia yeah. in in training camp. So we haven't seen as much of it in the regular season. I'm I'm hoping it'll start showing up here sooner or later. But uh, I think you know this is Byron has transitioned nicely his game from training camp into into the regular season in a way that he didn't last mm-hmm. season. Um, and so I'm 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 super excited about that. 
outside of that, I think obviously as far as this game goes, the story to me was how hot and cold Frazier yeah. was. Um, and you know, this is kind of the situation we have with this guy is that he's, it's a very Wilcox, you know, it's a very Wilcox Christmas with, with, with this guy. It's, it's like, you're going to get, you're going to get the presents sometimes and you're going to get a, coal, a lump of coal sometimes and, and probably nothing much yeah. in between, you know, they're, they are playmakers yeah. and, 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 and at the side, it's really just dependent on whether it's you're making the play for your team mm-hmm. or theirs. So, uh, what are your thoughts on, I guess, Frazier? And then let's go ahead and just talk, open it up to the rest of the guys in the defense. Yeah, I don't really have too much to add on Frazier. You know, he took that horrific angle that led to that to the touchdown catch, I believe. And that's just something you're going to have to deal with with Kayvon Frazier. You know, he's at his best when he's inside the box, when he's forced to play a lot of two high or, single high or split zone looks or deep safety looks. He's going to struggle and he's going to have his good, his ups and his downs. You know, he's going to make some good plays, but he's also going to make plays like he did before. You know, I think Jeff Heath played like he normally plays. Honestly, he was, he was good. He was, that's about all I could say. He was okay. You know, he didn't blow my socks off, but he didn't make any terrible mistakes. Xavier Woods, I was hoping he was going to play a little bit better in his first game back, but I can understand missing two weeks and just getting back into the swing of things. It, uh, it may take him some time to adjust. Yeah, and um, I think that uh, kind of rounding out the conversation, uh, Anthony Brown continues oh, yeah. to play I really totally well. forgot about I mean, that. It's, yes. it's worth worth mentioning here because I think, you know, we we kind of spend a lot, or not we, but just us as a fandom has spent a lot of time asking questions about where Jordan Lewis is and why isn't he on the field and why are we still playing Anthony Brown? He sucks. Jordan Lewis is better than Anthony Brown. Nope. Anthony Brown, Anthony Brown has been fantastic yeah. this season. And go watch the tape, mm-hmm. man. Like he's been great. He's been a solid tackler. He's been a solid in coverage. The guy has got the athletic s- skills and the physical Dang. talent that you want for a great. We all laughed about the chip player. on his shoulder, but he's playing like he has a chip on his shoulder, legitimately. Absolutely. Yeah, and and so I I love uh, you know, I was I love the uh, situation in general with uh. With with the way the, the young corners are playing, so uh, I'm excited about that. Um, anything else before uh, we uh, get on to the rest of the stuff? No, let's let's get let's look at some ratchet matchups and some Nabras and some Gucci games. Uh, okay, let's do uh, Nabras first. So, who is who or what is your hashtag nabra of the All right, my nabra of the week is Tavon Austin running 10 yards backwards on his catch and run you know what are you what what are you doing sir <laughs> what are you you're supposed to go upfield if you're gonna if you're gonna give it's they say you give ground to get ground I need you to get some ground next time you know stop giving it all the way for free please yeah, and at least at least recognize that Earl Thomas. <laughs> yeah, get what you can be, get. Don't throw a fit. Yeah, just, yeah <laughs> exactly. Uh, my Nabra of the week is is uh, Ezekiel. Oh, Elliott which stepping one? Out which of one? bounds for the second time. The first time, it's like, okay, dude, come on, have better awareness. But you did it earlier <laughs> in the game, and then you did it again. How? Nah, bro. How, Zeke? Nah, bro. What are you thinking? <laughs> Uh, it was a fear when I watched yeah. that on film I was literally like what yeah it's just it's it's too much um uh, yeah well now that I got that out <laughs> a little bit better uh let's let's uh let's talk about a little bit of football yes, shall we 
All right, so larger NFL conversation here. Um, let's do our ratchet matchups of the week, uh, which is obviously, again, our, the preview of the worst, ugliest game of the week that no one can make us watch. I am going to go with uh, Cleveland at Oakland. You know, despite the fact that— You know what, the that, funny uh, thing is both uh, our games have a, have a particularly West Coast flair. They do, and I, that's very on brand for us. <laughs> I, I, lo- I, I love us for doing that. Um, uh, you know, I I I, I understand the uh, the uh, the Baker uh, enthusiasm, and and I I like Baker as well, and, and watching him was fun. Not enough for me to watch the the Browns uh, against the Oakland Raiders because this you don't want to see Drew turn into a, ter- a lobster. Uh, it's it's terrible. Oh my God, I hope he does. Uh, I. I I, uh, by the way, if you haven't, if if you guys haven't seen the lobster, fantastic. <laughs> um, but the you know, no, I I this is just going to be a, a not fun to watch game with not a ton of talent unless you talk about the Cleveland defense, which is talented. But other than that, yeah, not not a super fascinating game. Not there's not a lot of great yeah. games this week in general. Yeah, for sure. My my ratchet matchup for the week is the 49ers at the Los Angeles Chargers. The moment that Jimmy G tore his ACLs, the minute that they tore me away from ever watching a 49ers game the rest of the season. You know, their their roster does not intrigue me yeah. at all outside of DeForest Buckner and Richard Sherman. You know, they're going against a Chargers team who's without Joey Bosa, you know, doesn't pique my interest as much. You know, they got Derwin James who's fun and Melvin Ingram, but besides that, I don't need to watch Philip Rivers yell non-expletive tirades at opposing teams <laughs> for 60 minutes. I'm cool. And they're not they're, they're not going to let us hear yeah. anything. So that, that, there goes all the interest in that game. Uh, and, and it's at the at the Chargers Stadium, like, which is basically an indoor soccer stadium. So, um, All right, my Gucci, uh, Gucci game, Gucci game, Gucci game, Gucci game, Gucci game, Gucci game, Gucci game of the week. Uh, I am choosing... The Kansas City at Denver game. Um, you know, first of all, Kansas City has been fantastic so far this year. So I'm, I like watching them. Andy Reid's really got a lot of cool things going on this offense. Uh, and it's at Denver. And, it, you know, those are all you know, division games are always fantastic. I, I mean, but beyond that, I think these two teams playing each other in, in Denver is always something kind of magical, even if Denver isn't exactly the same team that it used to be. Yeah, totally agree. That's going to be a fun game. My game, though, I think is a little bit better. A- Buccaneers, Whoa. Whoa. Fitz Magic Whoa. versus the Bears and the Trub Train. It's going to be an interesting <laughs> game, mostly because I'm excited to see the Buccaneers offense versus the Chicago Bears defense. It should be a fun matchup. You know, Cleo Mack versus Demar Dotson, and uh, that offensive lineup with the Bucks is going to be fun. It's going to—I think he's going to be able to have a big game. It's going to be interesting to see how Fitz Magic is. The Magic worn off yet? We don't know. In the is he starting yeah, I for think sure? He is. I think they came out and said he is. I oh, hope wow. so. That if not, that would be fits be magical. Weird. All right, guys. Well, that's it for us this week. Um, I'm hoping I'm about fifty fifty if we're gonna have a pod after the game t- this weekend because I have some real life work stuff that may interfere with this. What period. is real life? But I don't know. <laughs> that's what I keep asking. <laughs> I keep saying you're, you're fired. Um, <laughs> So make sure you guys follow us, and so we'll let you know what's going on. Uh, follow me at McCoolBCB. Follow John at John Owning. Follow uh, the podcast at Best Coast Boys with a Z at the end. Uh, special thanks, as always, to Mike Fisher. Follow him at Fish Sports. Catch us all on Cowboys 247. That's 247sports.com forward slash NFL forward slash Dallas dash Cowboys. 
And you can also hear us on the Cowboy Sports Radio app available on your iOS, iPhone, and Google Play Android. Make sure you rate and review uh, us on the podcast app on uh, iTunes. Uh, only five don't stars. Um, don't just don't do it. John will you know choke you out. He's coming up with a whole bunch of yeah. new moves to kind of just for crunch you guys. you guys. Yeah, so don't just don't. He's waiting to whip them out. A little, He's getting a little too excited. He keeps saying whip it out, which is just, you know, it's not. <laughs> uh, so, uh, hey, guys, make sure you uh, keep listening, keep following along, and until uh, after the game, go Cowboys and happy trails.